Stories. Fish Stories. Fish Stories. Sharing fish stories is best when you when you have somebody who has been there and been there with you. Hey, what's up, guys and gals? Fishing Buddy here. From Fishing Buddy Studios, it's the Fish Stories Podcast, where I introduce you to amazing anglers from all around the world. It's my job to get these influential anglers to answer questions they've never heard before in order to find out what makes them so passionate about the sport we all love. Sometimes you'll laugh, you might shed a tear, but one thing's for sure, you will always learn something new. I also work to bring you interesting fishing stories from all around the world. We'll be leaving for Kazakhstan next week, and I can't wait for you to hear about it. Part two of the introduction podcast will be up on Friday, so be sure you check that out. If you have any interesting stories that you want to share, email story at fishstories.org right now and let me know about it. All emails are read through and through. Today's episode features Todd Heitkamp. Yeah, I'm uh, Todd Heitkamp. I own Dakota Angler in, uh, here in Sioux Falls. I am also a, a meteorologist for the National Weather Service here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. You can find Todd on Facebook at Dakota Angler or online at dakotaangler.com. Todd's been fishing his entire life. Now, he enjoys those special moments fishing with his family and friends. We talked about challenges of running a self-titled mom-and-pop tackle shop, found out about some of Todd's favorite memories on the water, learned where his passion for fishing comes from, and a lot more. Whether you're on your commute to or from work, cooking some dinner, or on your way to your favorite fishing hole, I hope this episode finds you in a really good place and leaves you in a better one. A great conversation with Todd Heidkamp starts right now. Well, you know, my full-time job is being uh, in charge of the National Weather Service here. So uh, I work here from 7 to 3, and then after that, I go and uh, work from 3 to 7 to close the store. And then I work on the weekends at the store as well. So uh, I don't know about splitting my time, but splitting the days up, yeah, in an appropriate uh, manner and making sure that I satisfy the requirements of my full-time job first. And you mentioned you you don't get as much time as you'd hope jigging in the boat or or on the ice. Is that something that you have a hard time dealing with? Well, you know, I think the 17 years ago when I opened up the store, I, uh, people said, you know, one of the worst things to do to, uh, uh, for a fisherman is to open up a, a business that deals with fishing uh, because that's going to take away from your fishing time. And, and it's very true. Uh, however, as we have grown uh, through the years, I try to make it a point that I go away for a week. You know, like in the summer, I'll go up in Canada. In the winter, I'll try to go up to Lake Woods or Devil's Lake or someplace like that and go fishing with the boys. Uh, so I try to get my fishing in as much as I possibly can. That's kind of my stress reliever. Has it always been a part of your life? It has. Uh, I uh, grew up uh, in uh, southwest Minnesota, and uh, yesterday I was over in Worthington, Minnesota, and, and drove by Lake Okabina, and I told the story that that's where my grandfather first showed me how to fish, that with a, with a cane pole and a red and white bobber and a hook, and we caught crappies all day. So, yeah, it's always been a, a part of my life. 
do you get back there often and, and fish with your with your family and friends? Uh, you know, my mo- most of my family no longer lives in Adrian. I have you know extended family that live there, but uh, um, my mom now lives here in Sioux Falls. My brother lives in Mankato, uh, and uh, interesting enough that he doesn't fish at all. Uh, and so, really, the only ones I fish with right now are are my immediate family, my my sons, my daughter, and my wife. How many children do you have? I have three. Uh, they're all adults, uh, 25, 27, and 30. Uh, some are starting the families of their own, and so I've moved into that next phase of life, waiting for grandkids So uh, to pass on that tradition. But each one of my kids love fishing, so that, that's good. And is that because of you mostly? <laughs> I would like to think that it is. Uh, you know, I think the one thing that I, uh, especially with my, my kids, was that when they were younger, uh, I can remember taking my two boys up to Lake of the Woods uh, for a weekend uh, out on the ice when my youngest was five years old. And I've always told them the one thing, you know, hunting may change in South Dakota, as we've seen through the years, it has. Uh, but the one thing that it should always stay the same is the time that you spend on the body of water, whether or not it's uh, open or frozen, uh, fishing will always stay the same. And uh, they've kind of taken that to heart, and now you're seeing that with uh, what, what they're doing now. I, I think the, the thing that, for me, I, I grew up without having a boat. Uh, my dad and my grandfather never had a boat, so we were always shore fishing. And uh, the, the things that I remember uh, fondly uh, is just, uh, you know, f- fishing at Lake Okabina or uh, a lot of times at Lake, Sh- Lake Chittack or Lake Benton in southwest Minnesota. And we'd be fishing from shore, and I can remember my dad's old radio that he had that he would have to have a set of pliers to be able to tune to a certain AM radio station to listen to the NASCAR race that was going on at that point in time. Uh, and then we would always, um, you know, have... Uh, uh, like fried chicken, cold fried chicken, and, and uh, you know, potato salad. So all those things really bring back that, uh, those memories, good, good memories from many years ago. Has, has fishing changed at all since you were a kid? Uh, yeah, I think so, uh, to some degree. I mean, that's one reason why I, I have never gotten involved with tournaments, uh, just because when I go out fishing, I think back to those days of uh, just sitting alongside the shore and waiting for the fish to bite and, and telling good stories uh, and and using that time to connect with your your kids or with your parents or your grandparents or whatever it may be. Uh, so I don't. I, it's changed somewhat because the time that you have on the water is so short that you want it to be successful. So it really depends on what you deem as a success. Is a success catching fish or a success time spent alone with your family? And uh, so having said that, every time we go out, I consider it a success. What's What's your favorite story of you fishing with your children? Oh boy, uh, I think you know uh, just seeing. They always ask me, why don't you enjoy catching fish? And I said, I've always enjoyed catching fish. There's no doubt about that. But I get bigger joy, find more joy watching them catch fish uh, through the years and, and the, the happiness and the joy that uh, they have. I think the, the biggest thrill that I can remember with my two boys uh, was actually when I wasn't even on the boat with them. I happened to be out at Pierce, South Dakota uh, during the Missouri River flood. And I was providing weather support out there for the for the Missouri River fi- uh, flood fight, and uh, I was in the hotel just after a long day. It was like at eight o'clock at night, and I received a phone call from my oldest son, and I could hear screaming in the background. And as a father, I'm thinking, okay, what's going on? How how bad is it? But you could tell from the scream that it wasn't a scream of fear or anything like that. It was a scream of joy, and he. Uh, 
I, they were relaying the story as it was going on that my youngest son uh, caught a 32-inch walleye uh, and was landing it in the net at that point in time. So I was, I, it, gave, it made my heart leap for joy just because of the fact that I was, even though I wasn't there, they made me a part of the experience. And so we have that fish hanging on the wall. And so every time that I, I see that, I, I think back uh, to that time. It didn't make you feel bad that you weren't there experiencing it with them? It made me feel bad that I wasn't the one catching it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, it, again, it's just one of those things that uh, it, it really, as a father, you know, there's certain things that uh, uh, make you you're proud. Uh, and when you see something like that, that you pass on that love for nature, that love for fishing and everything else, uh, things that they can eventually they can pass on to their kids as well, uh, makes me very happy. Is the bait shop a family affair? Is this something you hope to, you know, pass down to the next generation? Well, my kids aren't going to hear this, are they? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, no, I. It is a. Uh, it is family business. It's one of those things that I've always said that uh, uh, who we are about, uh, meaning that uh, it's a, a place that people come come in, tell stories, learn learn how to use the fishing equipment, uh, and, and see my family. My my customers have seen my kids grow up uh, from when they were, uh, you know, 10, 12 years old to full-grown adults now. And so, yeah, it would be my goal uh, to eventually turn the store over to one of my kids if that is their desire. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to force them into anything that they don't want to do. If they want to do this as a side uh, affair, because both of my sons are, are teachers and my uh, daughter is uh, into uh, communications, a PR person for Poet. I don't, I don't think she has any interest in, in owning the business. Uh, the other two boys, they may, but uh, again, I'll leave that up to them. What's been the biggest challenge of running um, more of a, uh, call it a mom and pop, a tackle shop? What's been the biggest challenge to that? Oh boy, uh, you name it. Uh, employees, uh, finding the right people to make sure that they have the same, uh, same beliefs and values that you have uh, and, and making sure that they provide the customer service because in today's world of big box stores, uh, the big mom and you know the mom and pop shops are getting ate up by these big box stores, and so we need to make sure what we did is that recognize that yeah our our competition is those box stores, but we can offer something that they don't, and that's in customer service, and we try to exemplify that all the time. Is that uh, you know put your best foot forward, uh, and no matter how bad your day is going, when you walk in the door as an employee of Dakota Angler, you better have a smile on your face and and greet people uh, the same way you would want to be greeted. Uh, so I think those are some of the things that we have looked at uh, and some of the challenges that we've had is overcoming that big the competition with the big box stores, but still, again, at the same time, to realize we can offer services that they don't and, and find our own little niche and, and capitalize on that niche and not worry about what everyone else is doing. What we do is we worry about what we do at our store and whatever else happens, that's, that's clutter, that's ground noise. We don't worry about that. Yeah, so you you've probably come to appreciate your customers quite a bit over the years, just getting to know them and them being a part of your family. And I mean, it's one big family essentially, and what you guys are doing. Yeah, it really is. You know, and the family continues to grow. Uh, I wish I had such a memory uh, that I could recall people's names. I uh, am. I'll be the first one to admit it. My wife will. I should say my wife will probably be the first one to admit. It. I'm terrible with names, uh, and that's just the way my makeup is because of the fact that with my job with the weather service, I meet so many people all the time. And then with a store like that, you have people coming and going. Uh, but now with social media, 
uh, I mean, we're getting calls from all across the nation on uh, looking for certain items and that. And so I consider them part of the what we call the DA family or the Dakota Angler family, uh, just because they are they're all part of us. They're providing uh, you know income to the store uh, and getting what they need. But uh, our family is growing because of social media. Uh, you meet a lot of great people out on the water. Uh, and you may they may or may not be a customer of Dakota Angler. It doesn't matter. Um, but you share the passion of the of the fishing, uh, and that's great. And to you know to be able to experience that with other people around the area uh, is, is fantastic. So I thank all all the people around here uh, for making us out to be what we are, and for making me out to be what I am today. Has your knowledge of weather made you a better angler? Uh, most definitely. Uh, there's things that uh, that I look for, uh, you know, with the, I, I, I've told people throughout my entire career, especially since I've uh, owned Dakota Angler, but uh, I've worked with uh, uh, Tony Dean uh, many years ago when he was still alive on the effects of how, how weather affects fishing. And so we've learned how weather affects fishing. That's the one thing that we can't control. We, you know, we have all the technology in the world to find us where the, to tell us where the fish are at, what they're doing, how they're reacting, stuff like that. All the different lures that can be purchased, rods, the sensitive line, you name it. But the one thing we don't have is something that can control the weather. And so we as weather forecasters need to communicate that message, but we as anglers and the general public have to be able to look at that information and look at what's happening and understand what's going to uh, happen and then adjust our techniques to allow success on the water, whether or not it's ice fishing or open water fishing. Do people call you to get advice about the weather, and uh, or does that become an issue with your angling friends? Well, it uh, they have. I think the biggest thing what I've noticed is not necessarily advice on when to go out or whatever, but with social media, that definitely has added to that. That people will ask, and I'll put that out there on our Facebook or our Twitter feeds, or and, and let people know that way. But what I've noticed is that when they see me out in the boat uh, in the summertime, and they see me watching the skies, that skies are getting darker. Uh, and storms are getting closer, and they when they see me head to the ramp, they're close behind. Uh, so that's that's the advantage that we have with that is that uh, I'm kind of you know like their pocket weather guy. They they pull pull me out when they need me the most. Hopefully, those are your just your close friends, I guess, that you give that advantage to. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a lot of times where uh, I'll you know see people on the dock that uh, recognize me from the store from uh, from the weather service, and they'll t- they'll talk about you know what what they can expect with wind because that's the biggest thing that we have to deal with around here in the, in the upper Midwest is the wind, uh, whether or not it allows us to fish a certain part of the lake or how that wind affects uh, what the fish are going to be doing that day. So uh, a lot of times those questions are asked right at the boat side. Or a dock side. You know, at Dakota Angler, you you help to educate people a lot too. And you talk about social media. You put out a two minute fishing report. And I got to ask, when you started the two minute fishing report, was it actually two minutes long? <laughs> that's the that's the ongoing joke right there. I just made a, a big thing this past week, uh, letting people know that you know the two minute fishing report actually started out to be two minutes, and uh, and it still is two minutes. Uh, the report itself is two minutes, but then I add in additive information, you know, some things that, that may be working well, or you know, kind of some insights uh, into the current tackle trend. But uh, so the two minute fishing report now is like five minutes long. So, yeah, it, uh, it has evolved a little bit. And I love the fact that you add angler photos, too. I mean, you let people add a little bit of their uh, success into the, the report as well. Well, I think, uh, again, growing up in southwest Minnesota, I, I, one thing that I've always said when I owned a store, uh, I wanted it to be like a Minnesota bait shop. 
That's no reference to South Dakota bait shops or anything like that. But growing up in Minnesota, that's what I remember. And that was always a place to come together, tell stories, and hang photos up on the uh, on bulletin boards of your kids catching big fish. Well, we don't have those bulletin boards anymore, per se, around the area. But what we do have is the social media feed. And so I encourage family members, anyone, to, to send photos to us so that we can we can brag a little bit. I mean, as fishermen, as sportsmen, we want to brag. Uh, we we don't, may not necessarily want to tell people where we caught it, but we want to tell people we caught a big one. And uh, this is the way of doing it. So Dakota Angler's been bringing anglers together for... 17 years now how did how did it come to be well it came to be a you know i call it a, a moment of insanity uh the people always said that the best thing to you could ever do is open up your own business and i don't know where those people are at because i would like to have a few a few words with those people but uh i i was talked uh you know i won't say talked into it but i was approached by a good friend of mine uh at that time was unemployed and said hey how about if we go into business together and uh, you can be kind of the silent partner because I didn't have the time. I said I didn't have the time to do it with my job here in the weather service. Uh, and he, he said that's good. And so we, we did that. And uh, he found out eventually after a couple of years that it wasn't for him. Uh, and so then I bought him out and took it over myself, you know, about for the past 15, 14, 15 years. And so, yeah, I mean, it's hard to believe that I still have the store after 17 years. I didn't think I would, you know, be doing it that long. Uh, but now the older I get, I sit there and say, well, maybe it's a form of retirement, but still at the same time to see it grow from what it was to what it is today, uh, it, it's something that I can be proud of too. Knowing what you know 17 years later, is would you do it the same way? Uh, there's there's things that uh, I would change. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I, I think the biggest fear that I have is the fear of myself, uh, and meaning that uh, I am a very conservative person myself, and my wife grew up on a farm. And she's used to taking chances. You know what I mean by taking chances? That that her dad uh, took chances on growing crops every year. All farmers do. You know they they plant the seed, hoping that the weather cooperates and that uh, you know the you have a good harvest at the end of the year. And there's nothing you can do. All you can do is take care of that crop throughout the entire summer. And uh, that's that same t- mentality that it took me a while to get a hold of to sit there and say, you know, there's certain things that you just need to do and hope and pray that everything works out uh, the way it should be. And, uh, and thankfully, the past uh, five to 10 years has done that. I, I really wonder what's going to happen to, to fishing. Uh, I think it's a sport that it potentially is dying somewhat. Uh, because of the fact that we don't see as many young kids out there doing it, it's becoming almost a I don't want to call it a rich man's hobby, but uh, it's kind of going down the same roads that pheasant hunting has done uh, for the past couple of years. And that concerns me because uh, when you cannot, there's, again, you, you could have the worst day in your life, but you, the minute you go out in that boat and you just sit there and let things calm down and look around you and have feel and feel something tugging on that rod, uh, all your worries go away. And uh, for people not to be able to enjoy that, let's say in 10, 15, 20 years, that is a concern. And so I think the conservation of our resources is a huge deal, but also to involve more young people into the sport. Because if we don't involve the young people, uh, they're, the sport's going to die. And that's one thing that we have always done at, at Dakota Angler is to make sure that we encourage the sport to the young. Uh, we had the big ice fishing show called the Ice Institute in November, and we've, that would have been the ninth annual one. And every year what I try to do is I search out kids uh, that are attending that and give them a nice fishing rod and reel uh, to encourage their parents to take them out because a lot of times parents may not even take them out because they don't want to, 
you know, have to deal with the kids when they're out there fishing. Uh, but if they have a rod and reel in their hand, they're going to be encouraged mom and dad to take them out. So I think that's the main thing that uh, I look at. It that concerns me a little bit, but we just need to make sure that we encourage the, the sport to grow with the younger people. What's the most important thing that fishing has given to you? Oh, boy. Uh, memories. Absolutely memories. Uh, I, I can, I, I've always said uh, that the stories that are told uh, in a boat or on the shore, as I mentioned earlier with my grandfather, I can remember those stories and I try to pass them on to my kids a little bit. Uh, but they're, they're mainly, mainly family stories. Uh, and then just some life lessons too. Uh, I mean, I, I just think that uh, in today's world, that some of those life lessons, those life stories are being missed out. Uh, but yeah, the memories that I have had and that now I look at my wall in my uh, house, uh, all, I still have all the f- mounts of the fish that uh, the kids have caught. They've caught fish big enough to mount. I have not. Uh, so that kind of is a you know, kick in the pants a little bit. Uh, but uh, I look at those mounts and each one of those fish is separate stories. And uh, each one of them uh, remember that. And I think the best one is with my father. Uh, before he passed away, uh, I took him up to uh, Canada. It was a lifelong dream of his and mine to go up to Canada, and we never could do it. Uh, finally, I got to the point in my life that I could take him up to Canada to go fishing, and he just absolutely loved uh, the experience. He went up there for three years straight with all the, the scenery, the eagles and the deer and everything else, but he caught his biggest walleye up there, and we took photos of it and the whole thing, and we have it on the wall now. And uh, uh, so, you know, my dad's been uh, gone now for six years, but uh, when I look at that mount, we sit there and think about how happy he was and the stories that we told that day for a long time afterwards. What do you miss most about your dad? Oh boy, you know there's you're gonna get me choked up here pretty quick. But uh, I I miss the just the stories. Uh, that's the thing about it is that we grew up or I grew up and as well as him. I grew up uh, before technology, and a lot of the stories from family and everything else was passed on just by verbal stuff. And uh, my dad had a calming voice. Uh, you could be having the worst day of your life, and he would be able to, you know put it in perspective. Uh, and so I think that's the biggest thing. And also, uh, what I miss about him is not having him around to see the kids get older. Uh, that's, you know, my youngest just was married, uh, this past year and not to have him around, it was pretty tough. So the, the goal of fish stories is to preserve angler voices and stories for future generations. So this is really ringing true for me too. What do you want your kids and your grandkids your great grandkids to know about you, um, down the line or what, what legacy, I guess, do you want, you know, how do you want to be remembered by people? Yeah. Good question. I, you know, what is, what is a person's legacy? Uh, I think, uh, I, 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 when we just got done talking about my dad, I think him and I had long talks about when, as he was, uh, his last days on this earth, we're talking about what our legacies are. And uh, I said, you know, I really worry about what my legacy is. I think we all do as we're getting older. Uh, but I think, and he, he had one thing that uh, was put it in all perspective. He said, You're, look behind you. Your legacy is behind you. And I would look behind me and my three kids were there. Uh, so that, I think that's what I want my family to remind me, uh, remember me as. A person that valued family. Uh, a person that has a, has a love for the Lord, has a love for fishing. Uh, and just to be able to, to share that passion 
with everyone that you come into and to remember uh, the good gifts that the good Lord has given us that uh, don't take it for granted and to uh, to you know accept every day as the gift that was that it was meant to be uh, don't don't get upset with every, all the the small stuff you know don't sweat the small stuff uh, it's just one of those things again that I look back and I wish I could do this throughout my entire year I wish I could turn back the clock and and say that I learned from myself uh, and take those that same advice but that's what happens the older you get you become a little bit more wiser I guess so I think the main thing is, is again the value of family uh, faith uh, and uh, fishing all three things What's been your proudest moment as an angler? Has it been maybe your your kids and seeing how they've progressed in their life, or what what has it been? Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, family again is ringing true. That's the way. Uh, I there's nothing more important to me than than family um, and, and faith. Uh, but uh, the last day, the last year that my dad was able to go up to Canada, uh, he and I were sitting back watching my two boys catch fish left and right. And uh, my dad said, you know, looked back at me and said, here, here I go. Yeah. Said that uh, you, you did things right. You, you raised them. You raised them well. And so that's, just, that's what I value the most is. And I would say that would be my proudest, proudest moment to hear, hear your dad say that. Thanks to Todd Heidkamp for giving us a backstage pass to his angling life and for welcoming us to the DA family. One thing I really appreciated about Todd is his passion for storytelling and for enjoying the moments with the people he cares about most. He had a few more things to say at the end of our conversation that really speaks to how important the Fish Stories Archive is for current and future generations. I wouldn't be who I am if I didn't have the, uh, the stories of my dad. You know, and my grandfather too. So I mean, that's that's what I always think of with my kids is that those stories are who I am. And guess what? That's who you are going to be now too. And uh, so that's good. When my kids, my boys were teenagers, they probably didn't understand that uh, that well as all teenagers are. But uh, the older they have gotten, they've really learned how much they miss their grandfather, how much they miss those times. And they now look at me and say, you know, we're not going to have you around forever either. And I, and I said, I don't know if that's just good or bad. I don't know how to take that. Uh, but, you know, it's just one of those things that people, people need to remember. Life is short. Uh, get out there and enjoy life as much as you possibly can and, and uh, make sure the people around you uh, are enjoying life as, uh, along with you at the same time. Life is short, people. Call your favorite angler right now, start a voice recording on your phone, and send it to the archive. You can find great questions to get that conversation going at fishstories.org. If that peace of mind is important to you, become a true fan. It costs less than a jerkbait each month and really means a lot to the fishing community. Thank you very much. Remember, we're following USA Ice Team to Kazakhstan next week. OMG. 
I'll be featuring audio updates from overseas at fishstories.org. Check it out and share it with your friends. While there, you might as well sign up for our newsletter, if you're cool enough. Thanks for listening, everyone. Don't forget to stay awesome. Fish Stories. Fishing Buddy.